Hi, this is Florian for 99 Startups, and I have today a new guest. So, would you be so kind to introduce yourself? Hi, so yeah, I'm uh, Tilman Sauter. Um, I work for Evonik, and I also work for my own startup company called Fior. And uh, I'm happy to be here. I come from South Germany, and so my whole family was always uh, into entrepreneurship. My father has a very old family company and so we were all somehow touched or i don't know uh, somehow we got some of these genes um, to us and so my brother is now um, the successor of my father um, as in an old style swabian company uh, and my sister also started a company and uh, so i know also started a company so um, that makes us all um, at least to like a lot about thinking about entrepreneurship and uh, trying to make use of it. Um, so I studied mechanical engineering in Munich and uh, also in Sweden. And um, there I already started to start some companies. Uh, the, the best idea, I think, was um, uh, it was a sandwich. <laughs> so the idea was that uh, in a sandwich toaster, right? You typically only make the bread. And so it would be great if you can make a whole sandwich right, right away. So today it all exists. But at that point of time, like it was 12 years ago, it didn't. And um, so I was working on a pitch. I was, I was working also on how to make a nice sandwich in a, in a toaster. Actually, the best way to do is to a little bit preheat the toast and then you can open it and then you can fill it with stuff. Okay. And, um, so I was working on the idea. Uh, I was even discussing with some professors in Sweden because I was taking some entrepreneurship courses there and they liked the idea. And, um, but then somehow Sweden ended. I went back to Germany and I thought like, um, I don't know what was the reason why I didn't pursue it. Uh, as always, I felt like maybe there's no market. And the time I came back, there was the introduction of this product from a company called Tillman's. And they called it, I think, Tillman's Toast or something. Um, and they said, uh, I think it's like a schnitzel or something. So most people actually said, like, ah, you have a name like the sandwich in the advertisement. And I felt um, yeah, pretty sad that um, I had an idea that went into the direction. I didn't realize it, but someone else did it with my name. So that was pretty embarrassing. Um, but, uh, but still, I mean, uh, it's, it's great to see that um, ideas uh, are happening and uh, they won quite a few innovation awards for this product. And so, um, yeah, it was, it was good to see that these things are happening. Yeah, and then I did my PhD um, in, in Berlin and uh, it was also in the direction of medicine. So I was working partly at Charité and in Helmholtz Center and it was a lot of polymer science around it. And so afterwards, I came to, uh, I, I, I actually started, I tried to start two companies. Uh, one is now active and has five employees, I think, or six, um, because it's a friend of mine who's now continuing to do it. And uh, yeah, and, but in the meantime, I went to, I, went, I started with Evonik because I think there was a, I had a discussion with a friend. Uh, he was working at McKinsey at the time. And I asked him, like, shall I go to the big corporation or shall I try to pursue the startup? And then he said, like, uh, because I was mainly focusing on this one startup with my friend who's now, who has now these five employees. And he said, like, ah, how long did you take to, to work on your, on your uh, proposal for getting government, like, like funding from the government? Like we were working on this exist funding program. Yeah. And, uh, and then I said, like, oh, my friend, he started, like, one year ago. I jumped in six months ago. And he, like, <laughs> I don't know, like, he was, he was so surprised and said, like, you know, normally this should take a weekend. And if you're two scientists <laughs> trying to make the perfect pitch, yeah, um, how long will it take to actually build a company? And, and I felt like, okay, this, there seems to be some truth in it. So, um, Let's better start the job at Evonik. I might learn a uh, like more professional way of, of, of project planning, of uh, innovation accounting, and all these things. And, uh, and so I went to Evonik. My friend stayed with the company. And yeah, the funny thing is that uh, uh, he, he really grew the company and he made nice technological improvements. So it was, the company was about a, a surgical glove for the hands. 
so that uh, the, the doctor who's working in the operation room doesn't need to do two, like doesn't need to put on two gloves, right? Which is normal, normally the case. And, um, and so he made nice progress, but this was always scientific related, right? He didn't make sales or anything in the five years since it has passed, right? And so this is very interesting how if you have one personality that uh, this personality also finds it like finds its place then if you if you're going for either for a corporation or for your own startup so um yeah this was very interesting and yeah at Evonik I was mainly doing uh, everything around innovation so um yeah the um I, I tried to combine this word of startups with the corporates I think this is still something that is very relevant and very enriching and i think it, it's like a successful business model right if you just say yeah. ah, try to combine it because it will yeah. be more a future thing yeah there are like some interesting things to uh, evolve so and fold so uh, first thing um the your idea with the 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 toaster um <laughs> imagine you push everything into this idea you have like all the money you have for good prototypes for production for marketing mm. And then you come back to Germany and this big company <laughs> publishes a similar product with your name. So <laughs> as a startup, probably it doesn't get worse. So it's like your name is uh, as Marcus Apple and you build a phone and then Steve Jobs <laughs> comes out with a better phone. With a, like, it's, you are, it's, it's so difficult because... It's hard to pitch to an investor if he knows the other product and he knows it's a big company. It's like, to be honest, out of this perspective, it's probably good that you stopped it there because that's just bad luck. It's just really, really bad luck <laughs> for, for a startup person that a big company out of, a, out, of, out of bad luck just builds a similar product and uses the same name like you as so it's like it's it's it, it's funny definitely but if you put all your money in this idea and all your time it's kind of frustrating because it's just yeah bad luck but i also think that in the end um i i mean that's why i like went again like now starting another company um because i always feel like in the end the main reason it didn't work out was because I stopped, right? Like, this was the main reason things didn't work out, right? I didn't continue to work on it because I either had other ideas to pursue or I thought it would not be relevant. Because, like, for example, it's like in science, right? Um, people say, like, ah, if you also could start to work in your PhD on this topic and this university from US somewhere is MIT or whoever is working on that, then you can already pack your clothes, right? Like don't even think of starting. But in the end, what will happen is that you will always do something different, right? I think uh, in the in the, in the the Tillman's Toasties, the main thing was that they had a lot of cheese and ham in it. And my idea was more related to fresh food, organic food. So yeah. Because I thought, like, oh, it's clear everyone is now going for more uh, organic and healthy food. And, um, and, 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 and I thought like, and then we wanted to sell it fresh, they sell it frozen. Yeah. So, and then you could even say like, look, we're making the same as Thurman Toasties. We're just making this different, right? Yeah. Uh, so you can even yeah. make an analogy like saying, look, this is successful. Why shouldn't we be successful? Yeah. So sometimes I feel like I, I know what you mean because I think the, the intelligent response is, okay, stop doing it. <laughs> but, uh, the response from the heart, if you like something, you always yeah, can argument that there is a reason, right? I, I completely agree with you. It's also especially the point what you said, um, stop doing it is like one of the issues. But also for all the listeners, keep in mind, food business is super hard. Like it's super money in, uh, intensive. You need to have build up connections. You need to don't need to have, but you need to build up connections. And um, so... It's definitely one of the most difficult areas or one of the more difficult areas you can build up a startup. But you probably also learn most, most in it. So if you take harder paths, normally you have also more, more learnings from it. And um, also the, the other uh, advice you got with the, um, with the Exist funding uh, paper and how long you needed for that. That's also a really interesting topic and uh, quite a... Um, 
quite an arrogant and interesting answer of the McKinsey person, to be honest, because in general, you're standing for the challenge as a startup to, to go, do I build more uh, proof of concept and try to get my first customers to pay? Or is it so difficult a product that I should have funding first to have more time for development and research and stuff? So for that, it exists. You get one year of funding from the government to um, to to go to make progress in your startup. So and it's normal that you need a long time for this application. Like I, I wrote one also, and it's yeah should be doable and it needs to be good and to be accepted because our one got rejected also the first time it's mm -hmm. super much work and um yeah i think I, i i heard from someone which um did it in one week or so and this was quite a anomaly so and he also said himself that it was uh hell and um he only made it because he wrote already two or three similar things so yeah awesome definitely interesting perspective and um but don't feel pressured audience it's okay to don't write it in one weekend <laughs> absolutely i i think it was just that uh like if you get exist funding for one year then the application process should like i think it's always this like 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 evaluation right like uh, if this takes so much time and then you just get funding for another year then what are you capable of doing if you are like, for example, if you would be accepted in an accelerator program where they really are like uh, good people that push you and, and, and who are like good consultants and experts who tell you like, okay, you need to do this, you need to do this. But in Exist, we all know this is not really the case, right? They give you a lot of freedom, which is good, but also means that um, if you have a certain way of, of doing things, uh, then, then this way this way will we'll, we'll probably don't change so much. Exactly. And always keep in mind, nothing in this world is for free. Even if the government gives you money, as more money it is, as more they want to have mm. a security behind it that you know what you're doing. So as mm -hmm. bigger the fund is you get, a bigger, bigger amount, as more paper you need to give them that they know yeah. you're legit. And the interesting thing is, Evonik is quite a huge company like you have a lot of employees right Evonik has i don't know yeah thirty three thousand, i think yeah so and but you you founded startups so you know both worlds a bit so what do you think about innovation like what is innovation for you i mean like if i could if i could choose right i would I would love to choose both worlds, right? Because both worlds have uh, have have a lot of benefits, and uh, and both worlds have also drawbacks, right? I think this is like just uh, intrinsic. So, I think like innovation uh, means in the in the basic sense, right, that you that you get uh, a successful product out, which is somehow new, right? somehow different, somehow some something <laughs> that you implemented and, and where you have a significant uh, difference to your competitor, either technology-wise, business model-wise, or I don't know, like market-wise, right? You, you can apply it in a very different market than people before. And um, in, in the startup, everything is, is related to time. At least this was always my feeling, right? You don't have time. You need to show change. You need to show progress. and um, you need to have something that people can look on if you want to continue to survive. And it feels, and, and this is a lot of pressure, at least it, it's, this is my feeling, um, because you always get to bed and feel like, oh, I, haven't, I haven't done enough. And in the corporate world, it, the main thing I got like, um, used to was that people would rather ask me like, okay, you have a nice, interesting topic, so how much time do you need, right? So this is, They ask you how much time you need, and uh, in the best case, they say, okay, if the, if the potential is huge and you show it by, I don't know, like the main value is NPV, right, the net present value, then, uh, then they would say, okay, then we, have, we, have, we will have time and money to invest. And of course, money, Evonik will not do it like from the very beginning, right? If you say like, oh, let's build, I don't know, like a, um, a, new, a new medication uh, or like a new device for medication. 
and um, it will help uh, all cancer patients, uh, but there's no proof, right? Then they would say like, okay, sounds like a good idea. You get a little bit of funding and, and you have to work on it. But um, since it's a somehow structured process, because in Nevonic you need to have, I think, always in innovation this accounting, right? Because in the end, innovation, like it always, it's always about money. So the money comes from the board and the board needs to decide on, 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 on some metrics, um, why they should give innovation money, how much money they should give, and um, for, I don't know, is it CapEx, so investment related, or is it project related or whatever. And so whenever you start something, you need to, you need to monitor it as good as possible. And I think that slows a little bit processes down. I think it's just intrinsic, like without, without this metrics, we would not get money. But on the other hand, it means that people would ask for market size, uh, competitors, and, um, uh, and, and these are all relevant questions, right? This is no question. But um, if, you're, if you work in a big company on a, on a project, you want to make it fail safe, right? Like, like at least, like, like something that if you present it, you're not um, presenting numbers uh, where, for example, people say like, okay, you said that this share is 10% of the whole market for this specific uh, medical device. Uh, how do you get to this number? And then you have a small logic where you, where you show it. And to be sure that this is correct, you take a lot of time because you get this time. Uh, and so you don't want to make a mistake. And, uh, and I always feel that um, this slows a little bit uh, the, the speed down. So, like, I was, um, I, I had a nice, uh, like, I think it was department head. And um, we had a project where, or like, we had an, a project idea where we, um, where we were focusing on one market. And he said, like, like, I didn't understand, why didn't you analyze the other markets? And I said, like, look, we need to focus, right? We want to have a quick uh, realization of the project and we need to have a clear understanding of the problem. We want to have a clear understanding of the solution. And, uh, and so he said, like, you know what? I don't care. You need to analyze all the other markets as well. And then uh, I was thinking a little bit, if we're going, like, like, shall we go the traditional way? Like we make uh, for each market, a market analysis top down, right? You know, what's the size of the market? What's the market share? What's the growth and what are the competing companies? What's their margins? Uh, all these things, right? These are, this is typically a big catalog. I think we have more than 20 criteria for, uh, for making a project um, like discussable, right? So you need to have answers to these criteria before you really go for a presentation. Yeah. And the other way that we were looking at was the, um, it was a more, I hate this word, but it's, it's an agile management tool. So I was taking part in a course from a guy in the University of Virginia, and, uh, and he was talking about agile management. And he was basically saying that, look, the way how you start a project is by first understanding your customer, then by understanding his problem, then by seeing if you have a solution that fits to this problem, and if you have a solution to this person A, then you might find his colleague, person B or company B, and if you, maybe you can slightly modify your product. And so because basically by that, you have the shortest possible path, right? Like you have the customer, you understand the problem, and you know whether your solution fits to it or not, right? I think it, innovation can never be much shorter than that. You need to have at least an understanding, whom do you want to sell to? Well, what is his problem? Because otherwise, if there's no problem, it will be difficult to tell him why he needs something. So, uh, and then I like this very much. So we made a, um, a master uh, thesis on it where we basically compared uh, this top-down and bottom-up approach. So top-down meaning, meaning big market and then growth rate, share and whatever. And then we compared it with the bottom-up where we just know something about one customer uh, and then to the next customer. And so with a couple of customers, we make up our mind whether it's a suitable market or not. And uh, this was really interesting because first it was something that we could do within, within innovation, right? So it's not when you, when you work in innovation in a big company, it's not always about you, have a, you want to have a, you have a project and you need to, to realize it as quickly as possible, right? Like in a startup, you have an idea, you get funding and you work as hard and as quick as possible on it. But that also, in Evonik, there's at least some time, uh, of course, people want 
projects to be realized. But I was very happy that there was some time to compare, right? Like, are we working in the right way? Uh, could we work better? And so the result was that it's it's very different, right? The way how you approach the the markets, um, if you do it top down or bottom up, leads to different results. And when we when we presented the results in the end, um, it was in front of the business line. Um, uh, we started with a with a technology, and then someone said that look, there is scientific proof that this technology will never be applied in this market because of this study. And then we said, yes, we know, but we spoke to some customers. And then they said, oh, okay, so what did they say? And then we said, like, yeah, it seems that the general market, if you look generally at the market, then you have mostly, um, you have mostly the high-volume industrial processes. And then you have very low prices and you have other technologies. But if we look into specific sub-markets, uh, then sometimes uh, you cannot use this technology. You, cannot, you, you don't need the high volume. And then all of a sudden you have a different pricing. And then it's, it's quite interesting to use our technology for. And so by this, we got the project started. And uh, like a new project started in new markets and uh, we could develop it. And I, I really like this, that um, depending on how you look at it, you get different results. And most importantly is right get get uh, get customers somehow in in the process right somehow like yeah. i know that it's difficult to use a big company name so we had the benefit of having our master student who said like look i'm doing the master thesis we are trying to evaluate something so it would not destroy the good company name if we would make mistakes but um, but I think it's it's so it's so important to have different perspectives and yeah similarly when we when we talk to startups we we also get uh, so much more information than if we would simply do another market research so so I really like it uh, that, that that things are changing now in innovation it's, it's also definitely a good point to what you said um, to have good perspectives because you can't also just um, focus on on the problem of this one person without seeing the market like uh, the market is still the combination of a lot of people with potential the same problem or not and um, it's but it's also interesting that like uh, the big company focused so much on the market and comes first from the market, which is probably mainly led by the size because you guys have a lot of customers, produces a lot, so there's size already there and a big size creates a market or is a market. And then for a startup, normally my advice is for the whole business model thing or so is use napkin write down how much you spend, how much you potential uh, granite income and how much people you think are there which have the problem. And then if this numbers kind of make sense, you're yes. ready to go, yes. then forget about it and see if you, if you can fulfill your ideas and you get people to pay money for your solving the problem. Um, so, but uh, to ignore that and then to, to go in a direction where you see there's no margin, for example, because and then you see that you can't, you can't uh, live from it, then there's no business. So then it's hard to build a business from it, except you go on absolute scale. So you can give something for free if you know millions, billions of people using it, because then you can argue that you can kind of make money afterwards. See Facebook, see Twitter, typical examples yeah, for that. Yeah. Made it. Yeah. Twitter needs to show that they're able to generate revenue. We will see. But... I, I also think that yeah, um, the I think like obviously a big company needs a good business case, right? Um, and so, in order to start a business case, you mainly need to look at the big market numbers, growth rates, and whatever. Because without a business case, you cannot do innovation accounting, and without innovation accounting, there will be no money. Like it, it, it's like some companies say like okay we spend what is it three percent of our revenue into r d and uh, and then you could say okay this is just a flat this is just a, a clear number and then this money runs into into r d but uh, whenever you have middle managers higher managers then it will always be a discussion who gets more who gets less and this yeah. is always defined by the business case and so i think you're not you, you cannot you cannot survive without this in in a in a, in a big company, and um, 
I understand that. I mean, when we now applied for funding for our startup, we also had um, we had also had to had to show a business case. We even like liquidity, liquidity calculations. I guess even more than in a big company. So uh, in the end, you're never. I think you can never evade this, and and it makes sense. But the question is, what drives your 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 work, right? Like, what are the problems you're working on? And if you say, okay, the market is big, the growth rate is high, and I just need this product, then and and we have quite a few of those projects, and then you work on this product, right? You do research, and in our case, we have labs, and it's highly scientific, right? Like you, you get the best researchers from all of the world and uh, you have them involved in a project that creates this best product um, that you want to achieve. And and I guess, and, and this takes years, right, to develop. And this is obvious. And 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 I think in, in earlier times and, and still now, it can work nicely, right? Maybe you have 10 or 20 of those high investment projects and then one, like for example, now I think the, the main income driver of Evonik is methionine. And, and this was such a big project, right? Like it was huge. And uh, Evonik in the end resulted to be the, the, the best, right? Um, and now it's for decades. It's a, it's a, it's a cash machine. And these what, things what, what, happen. What is it again? Like, can you explain? Uh, what sorry, um, methionine is an amino acid. And it was, so the project uh, was started after the Second World War. So... These are the timescales we're talking about. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but I, I, I have to be really um, clear, right? This is a, a big money money machine because it's such a high, like it, it's a highly developed and very difficult process to, to, to maintain. So methionine is an amino acid. It was originally developed for uh, people, soldiers returning from war who had not enough, not a good diet. And so they would develop um, edemia. So this is like uh, bubbles on, like water-filled bubbles on your skin. And so the idea was that if they take this pill, then uh, they have a better a better diet, basically, in the end. So because you need to obtain methionine from uh, from the food and not uh, you, cannot, you cannot synthesize it by yourself. But now the main markets are uh, is, is, is animal food. And... Um, and because uh, animals grow uh, much better, they need to uh, eat less uh, in order to grow bigger. So you don't have so much, um, yeah, <laughs> waste generated by the by the animals. It's a it's a little bit industrialized, I would say, but but it makes sense. It's also a quite sustainable solution for the food of the future, and yeah. um, and it's it's not easy to handle the process. And Evonik is just best at it, and um, and so I'm I'm, I'm proud that these are the types of developments where it makes sense to spend 10 years and, 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 and spend money on it. And, uh, and this is great to see that there's not this single way of, of, of the best way of innovation. Um, it's just uh, that there are different possibilities. And, and, and sometimes, yeah, uh, this is... Uh, this is and, and we have a couple of those. So it's methionine, it's our super absorbers, um, uh, polyamide. Uh, so, so we have a couple of polyimides, um, and uh, th these are all nice products that have special properties that have, uh, yeah, great mechanical properties, or, or yeah, like different, um, different aspects that are relevant on the market. And if you, uh, and 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 since we are back integrated or like like backwards integrated, I think. Um, it's uh, it's great that that whenever people study and think about what could be my future employer, that Evonik is one of those because they know that it's not the fancy electric car that I'm going to produce. But if I'm the one who basically makes electric cars, let's say thermally perfectly insulated, which is a huge issue still because we don't have the hot engine anymore. Um, then you will not be on the front page of some startup magazine or I don't know, like e-car e magazine, but, but you, will, you, you, you might enable something that um, creates these big companies yep. like Evonik yep. is today. Especially in the B2B sector, uh, B2B sector, there's like a lot of innovation happening in the background, which make things work. So like, for example, Clue, like uh, I think Henkel is one of the biggest people yes. or biggest companies with Clue and like normally you don't think about stuff like Clue that like Clue could be important. 
So there's it's definitely crazy, a yeah? room for that uh, in the innovation in the background you don't see as a normal day-to-day -day customer. But if you have so many options like you have, how do you choose the options? How do you find the, the options or the paths you want to follow? I mean, in, 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 a, in a corporate sense, mainly you're assigned, right? So you have, um, um, in, if you were like, a, let's say, an innovation group leader, then you would set up a portfolio because you want to have projects that are quick and easy to and, and easier to, to, to finish and to hand over so that you can show some, let's say, intermediate successes uh, within, within your road. And then you have a few like uh, high-level crazy projects that hopefully change the world. But if they don't, you have at least something at hand. So this is, this is a logical, I would say, management approach. And um, it's, it's beneficial because especially regarding funding and explanation of like, okay, there's a topic and this topic should be um, yeah, whatever it is, right? Um, 3D printing, for example, is a huge thing within Evonik because we want to make the materials that enable 3D printing companies to make the best, uh, the, best, the, best, the best products. And sometimes they are limited by poor material properties of their, of their raw materials that they use. And, um, and this is, I would say, the typical way how people decide it. Uh, I have worked in the beginning on a very large, it was a medical topic, and uh, it, was, yeah, it was a huge topic that, where we were thinking about, like, how can we basically change um, uh, um, classical medication into something that is, I don't know, attached to your body in some way, right? And still yeah. can do some, some therapeutic uh, therapeutic. Um, success and uh, and then of course you end up uh, with a with a big number that you require in order to develop it so I personally uh, learned and, and for me the better way was that I was focusing on, on, on quick uh, development time so and, yeah. and I think it makes sense that when you're an employee of a big company but also if you're a startup right you can always choose that Do I want to go big from the beginning? And then you don't get funding from the bank, but you get more funding from some risk capital investors and you have a huge business case and, uh, and, you, and, and you just have a huge idea. And, uh, and on the other hand, if you, if, you want to, if you see there's an opportunity and you can capture it quickly, then you would more go to a bank, get a loan, you have a credit to repay, but you, you expect it to be more quicker on the market than, uh, than the other. And so in any case, you have, you have the choice. And I just prefer the one where you, you try to be faster, right? Where you, um, like I was, I was a little bit uh, um, looking into the, uh, um, like in the way, like a big IT company does it, right? So, so Amazon, uh, I think they, they uh, refresh their whole website multiple times per day. And because they have so many good ways of do some quality management to do it, they can do it. Uh, and so they, they can very quickly um, release new uh, features and test new features and change it. And, uh, and I really love that. So, so I feel that chemistry can also move into a much faster direction, not with all of their products and projects, because very often we, are, we have mainly industrial products and then you need... Uh, And then, of course, you need um, a technology that is available. You need um, test sites where you can come in, and sometimes these test sites cost thousands of euros per day. Um, so, so this all can never be something too quick, right? You just need time. But I think that there are products um, that can be that can be much quicker realized, uh, be realized, and where you can set up maybe. Um, a method where you can, where you have a platform, and then you can easy bring um, bring your product, um, bring a new product idea on this platform, and because you have already people that come to this platform because they are interested in this yeah. like new products, and they have maybe a newsletter or whatever, and they get informed, and then you can more quickly realize um, uh, projects and see if there's a market fit. So, so, so is this, this is a practical example to apply what you said? Like how did you how you applied it on Evonik that you said you built it up a platform to reach faster customers or how, what are examples to apply it in a quite slow research driven uh, innovation world to be to make it faster certain things? 
I mean, uh, like this was one reason I started the company Fior, um, where we, um, it's, I would say, just a gradually a chemical uh, project, but it's related to artificial grass. And uh, the technology is like a 2D printer of artificial grass. And um, the, um, and basically um, what it can do or what is special about is that you have, a, if you have a picture, that you can um, have a, a small simulation tool and then you get this picture into a simulation of artificial grass. And then you have a, a vectorizer where you can basically tell the robot of which steps to do in order to realize this uh, picture as artificial grass. And so um, at the moment, the main product is logos for uh, soccer stadiums so that uh, when there's a new stadium being built, uh, that nowadays it's more and more common that uh, you would basically um, also order a logo of your of your club and then you put it on the side where you enter the field so that you can walk over your own club logo and you have a more personalized feel of your whole stadium. And so what we were thinking is that, okay, great. So logo is already one, 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 one business. Um, but maybe, and that's why we now were working on this Christmas tree carpet, maybe we can very quickly realize um, other products and uh, see if there's a market fit or not. And so um, when we now bought the company, uh, we set up this uh, a web page where we have an online shop. And with this, we can like, um, and this is basically our platform. So we have the technology, we have uh, the platform, and now we are trying to work on our Facebook, Instagram, and whatever to get followers and to get people interested in our site so that in the future, when we um, have new ideas and we place them online, that we can very quickly test whether there's a market or not for it. And yep. this is not so, only related to, to pictures, but it can be new fibers, for example, fibers that glow at night. We have yep. uh, fibers that, for example, um, and this is, always chemistry, right? And then fibers yeah. that, for example, if they bend down, and this happens quite often, that you have, you push a button and then the fibers go um, up, yeah. pop up, right? Yeah. And so this is so, also chemistry in the fibers. So the way is you, to be faster is you use, you try to build up on existing things to be faster on this point. So because then you don't yes. need to do it from the scratch. And the other one is to make sure that you have a short, um, short way to the customers to reach them really easily and fast. So platform can be one way, probably. Yeah. So there's like yes. two, two ways to fasten up developments. And you could probably also use in a big company. Mm -hmm. Yeah, makes sense. I, I, think, I think what is important is that you always have a big aim. So for example, our Christmas carpet, right? This is not a huge idea, right? This is, this is just, um, it's a tiny idea. But the nice thing is we can build up the whole process with it. And, um, and, and, and our idea is really to, to make um, each place that you build unique for you, right? So that you have more possibilities to, to design it and to create it and to make it a little bit more individual to you. And, uh, and, and the Christmas tree carpet is a perfect, easy example how to do this, right? You can very easily make this classical image of Christmas where you have a tree, lights, and Christmas presents. And... This is something that if you make a picture, then it would be the same in each home. But if you use our carpet and we have a limited edition for each design, because anyway, each design is being produced uh, um, without, like everything is individual, right? We, we just have the robot to do it. So it doesn't matter whether each of the pieces are, are different. Um, and, uh, and, and all of a sudden it's special, it's special for you. So again, right, it's not, it will not be a breakthrough product, I'm sure. But it's the perfect example to start the, 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 this, this, this road. And maybe just to give you another example. So there's um, this company that probably most people know. It's Xiaomi from, from China. And okay. um, I've read a nice story about them. So that they had a sub-platform called the Mija, like M-I-J-I-A. And apparently on this platform, they were basically proposing to their fans that look, we are doing consumer electronics. We have three ideas. Which of those are three ideas do you like best? And then the customers or like the fans chose, and then they were building this. 
So they had their platform of the, the Nia platform where they had the interaction with their fans. They had their technology, which is consumer electronics. So you basically combine uh, this just in different ways. And, uh, and, and, and then you can create, for example, what did they create? They created um, a back mirror for the car that was uh, where you had like a camera in the back mirror. Uh, then they had like, um, it, was a, it was a running uh, track um, for homes um, that didn't have a stand, right? Because normally the stand, it makes it more difficult to, to store it away. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I think that's quite interesting because they would uh, test so many different consumer electronic products that now they are the leading smart home company in the world. And my feeling is the reason is they had this nice platform where they could, and, and, and like this approach, we have the technology, the platform, we reach our customers and we do quick product iterations. They, I, I think most of their products were not the best on the market. They were just trying to do the market fit as quick as possible. And if you see that there is something working, then you make a better and a better and a better version of yeah. then in you order to go, become the best. Yeah. Then if you, you build on the things which already works and then have a higher mm -hmm. chance that the next thing you do in the same direction also works or the improvement you do in this direction also works. Mm. Um, is, is a warning also invested in your startup or did you do this? Did you fund <laughs> this on the, on the site completely? Without any it was uh, completely funded on the site. Um, uh, so we actually went for the classical way. We went for a loan. And um, uh, yeah, this was a bank loan was the major step we did. Uh, and then our, our own money. Um, but nicely is that, or what is very nice is that many people are interested, right? They, they want to know what I'm doing there. Like one, one colleague even visited me. Um, and some others, hopefully, <laughs> they at least said they want to come, but everyone is interested. And uh, and I like this a lot. So you're not, like when I applied for Evonik, I, I was working on these two startups. And I tried to hide it as much as possible in the application process because I felt that ah, if this comes out, then people would say like, ah, we cannot manage this guy. Uh, he will anyway just stay here for a while and just and then leave again so that he has a nice uh, CV um, part in his yeah. like a nice CV step in his in his CV. Um, and uh, later on, I realized that uh, the at that point um, the the boss of Kreavis um, he was uh, he, he got to know about my ideas and then I even brought one of the prototypes uh, over to the company to show it to him right because he was so interested. So um, this is really this is really amazing. I think that um, uh, I don't know about the other companies, but I think about Evonik. I could like I could work on projects. I could learn the professional management. I could um, like question the innovation processes, and I got funding for working on it. So I think that's amazing. And then even if I have my own ideas, and I say, is it, is it okay if I also on the side, like now I'm part-time at Evonik, I'm part-time in the company, is it also fine if I do this? And uh, I mean, I always try to be very open because if you try to, to get approval and then you don't say all the truth, I think that would leave a bad mark. Um, so I try to be very open and it was very surprising that people were very helpful and Yeah, some people even said like, ah, I know this is about artificial grass. Uh, this person, maybe you should, to, should talk to this person. Maybe he can help you. So this is amazing. That's, yeah, and that's also a really good point and really important point what you said because it leads to the topic company culture. And we already said like everything has benefits, like big companies have benefits, small companies have benefits. So, and you said like a nice example there for how a big company can also be open to innovation and uh, enable their people to um, to pursue their ideas and to learn more. Because it's at the end a mm. learning experience you have there, which you can put also back to Evonik. Because how you said, mm. like, uh, the speed is one of the things which big companies uh, lack a bit there. Um, what other things you, you, you saw uh, changing in Evonik or you would say... Are about to change because like we all know the benefits and the doubt and the, and the problems with small and big companies but like it's mm. always interesting how they can learn from each other and how they can also implement the learnings which is like the, the last mm. really difficult thing how to bring a change to a company culture do you have examples for that 
Yeah, I think that um, uh, what what I felt was important, uh, at, at least so from my perspective, was everything around open innovation. So that means um, open innovation is that you speak out about your topics, problems, but also about successes, uh, either like internally, so that there's an open innovation process within the company where people, groups uh, open up and maybe share problems. So we now have fuck-up nights, we have um, uh, ideation jams, um, and especially, for example, a fuck-up night, like this is very difficult because um, you have to talk about problems, and especially in a corporate environment, which is a lot about uh, like maintaining a plain, a, a, plain, yeah, a plain view on your person, it's difficult to then talk about, okay, maybe I really did something wrong. And, uh, and, and I know, no, I didn't know before. Maybe it was clear for everyone, but I somehow ran into this issue. So I think this is amazing that we have this. Uh, and, and I think this is perfect. Um, the ideation jam was, I think, the best experience I had in Nebonic. Uh, so very early on when I started, um, there was this call for ideas. Um, I think in our case, it was all around packaging. And um, and then, like, it was all online in the beginning, so you had to post your idea. And um, and then there was an evaluation of these ideas. And if you moved further, then you had to set up a team and you would refine the idea. And then you would be invited to, I think, uh, we were invited to, uh, it was a small, like, not a castle, but it was like a hotel where we could work on a, on our ideas, we had some more professional support to, to create this idea. And then in the end, you would have the final pitch. And in this final pitch, I think the board of Evonik had 50% of the uh, like votes and the rest of the people who were visiting this uh, final, they had also uh, the other 50% of the vote. And, um, and then the person who won it uh, got uh, one year basically uh, um, like he, he he maintained his salary but he didn't need to work on his old job anymore he could work on his new job uh, like as yeah. in this entrepreneurship or intrapreneurship role yeah. and um, I mean first I think it's very important that you have different ways of, of 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 deciding which ideas should be pursued which ideas not because if you only have one innovation process then you have one decision way right uh, and, and and that would always leave out stuff that might be really interesting and relevant for the company. Um, and on the other hand, in a cultural perspective, it was great because uh, it was something that you could much easier share outside that, ah, like not only about the topic, but also about the way it worked, right? Ah, we have it one of this online process, then we could go there and we had this nice uh, help from uh, professional support. So it's it's better than a normal meeting about uh, the business model of your project. Um, it's 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 really about a small, a small yeah a small trip to an interesting place uh, where you could where you could um, learn a lot about uh, about the way how ideas could be developed. So, so you, you guys think, yeah. you guys made sure that like it's it's shared and it's an an experience um for the people but do you also say that like because you're coming right now a lot out of the innovation perspective it also counts for the whole company so yes. like a typical example like you're you're pretty right it's really good if you um create an open culture where everyone speaks out without having fear that like he gets repercussions or some problems of it but um like a, a simple example is um They're like probably companies where you don't, uh, where only um, speak with each other with last name, not not first name. And out mm -hmm. of my gut feeling, that that's always a, a big difference already, like mm -hmm. from the start. So if you have a company where you where you where you speak or like where it's normal that everyone doesn't matter on the position, even the CEO, um, and you, everyone names uh, starts with the first name and uh, talks to each other with the first name, um, that's. A little, probably a little thing in the culture which makes a big difference out of my perspective. So absolutely, I mean, yeah, we, we we were like I was part of a team for this cultural change of the like uh, of this cultural question whether first names are better or whether Z or like uh, another another way of addressing each other is better. 
and uh, of course i think that uh, the duo and uh, and and the and the first name are very helpful because it just simplifies a lot of um, like questions that you might have in front of approaching someone that you don't know yeah so and and, and also literature supports that that the duo and the first name are flattening hierarchies uh, and even distribute a little bit of responsibility to the employee because in the former more hierarchical way where you had like a boss and you would I'm not sure how much it's connected but uh, at least literature says there is a connection that um, that uh, the boss would need to decide so you would always uh, try to like only do the work the boss is saying but you're never responsible and yeah. so apparently what the do does is that it also brings responsibility to each one of us and this is like bringing all a little bit on the same level that we all feel that okay the success of the company is not related to the people who decide what i have to do today but what about we all do to do today right so but you guys had a discussion about this topic in the morning right like to, yes. to, to give some more context so you sat together and said okay how we want to approach this and this was um pushed by the board or was in, uh, encouraged by the board or how did it came absolutely so the board was basically asking for a cultural um, yeah like uh, we had a new uh, purpose we had new values and then the question was how can we implement these ebonic values like the typical ones right like speed performance trust uh, uh, more within our culture of ebonic And so they would ask uh, all the employees, like, please come up with ideas, and uh, the best ideas will be then uh, worked upon. And so the idea about first names and and and, and the duo was uh, one of those ideas that got chosen and that could work more on this. So there was definitely a lot of support from the board to do this. Um, but uh, we had, like, I just have to say that the duo is not always like the 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 big aim that uh, we should we should we should we should uh, achieve right but the do is just it's just something that hopefully helps us to become speedier to become better to become a better performance and we had some quite a lot of interviews with Evonik and we got some good uh, feedback uh, from people who were skeptical they would say like look like the do is nice but if i have the do from the beginning then I can never show a gift to my employee um, changing from this to do. If, if this is like the, the starting point, then uh, the, I, I have to be a do without really having the trust in this person. And so um, I came across a nice uh, article in Harvard Business Revenue and, they, uh, Review, and they said that the best companies are the ones who integrate everyone how he or she likes to be and their examples were from Louis Vuitton that typically, like like each company has, I think, its own role model, right? And in Louis Vuitton, it's like this creative designer who just makes this crazy stuff and who's like extremely proud about his crazy stuff. But the company would never succeed if there wouldn't be the controller who's like everything but creative um, and, and, and still like, like, like finds its place and he's not being like demonized of being a bad person yeah. or something. And, The other example was that, like, in a typical startup, there's everyone coming early at six or whatever and going late at 10. And, like, does this organization accept people who come at nine and go at five? And if they are, like, brilliant people, wouldn't you want to have them? And so, so we also learned that the do is a great tool. And I think, in general, it, it simplifies a lot of things. And that's, that's, in, that's, that's good for, for, for getting stuff done. But uh, it also uh, needs to be clear that uh, if people like to have a different way of uh, addressing each other or going, going uh, somehow, uh, like, um, like what's their way of, of, of getting in contact with new people that they don't know, then this should definitely be, be maintained. It should never be demonized because otherwise we just have all the same I, people. I, I completely, I completely agree. Um, so, but uh, how did you... Um, implement uh, do which is like a german word for using a first name uh, how do you implement it it's like can you just say from the top um to the company hey by the way guys now you don't need to use the last name to see which is the german word for it you can just use your first name have fun uh, how do you get this thing in into the use like into that is getting used 
Yeah, I think the the result was in the end good. It was not my idea, but uh, but I think it was a good idea um, that um, like I think it's now happening everywhere that people put a hashtag um, on on their signature. Like we have either the email signature or the team's um, status. I think it's the right thing, and um, like this, if you if you write an email to someone you don't know, and then um, you have a hashtag Ganepedu or first names like Ganepedu is like please call me by my first name. Then people who read this they know how to approach you, but you are not pressurizing everyone to use it. Um, yeah. And I think this is like a quite nice voluntary step where you say like if you want to simplify communication with me, you can simply call me by my first name. If you don't want to, it's 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 it's, it's still fine. So I think like this is a is a great way yeah. of, of of exchanging uh, this kind of cultural step and and it's nice. Like we had quite a lot of people. I think around fifty percent who are using our automated signature. So this is the only way we can track it um, uh, are using it. And so so I think it's good. It's it's also a really nice example of how a culture change can work from. Uh, uh, not bottom up, like from bottom up. So because this uh, signature thing can be started by just the employees without having the agreeing of the of the board. So that's also mm. a nice example for that. So Tillman, you you have a startup on the side next to your uh, to your job in a big company. What do you think about work life balance? How does this work for you? Uh, yes, yeah, so um, I think the what is it like the midterm perspective is that it's great, it's totally relaxed, but uh, at the moment, of course, it's it's stressful because uh, everything is a little bit new in a startup. So I try to get pretty early up in the day to to get some some email work done and then to uh, uh, and then basically to either go for the inbounding job or go for the fior job and. Um, yeah, at the moment it's it's critical in terms of like it's it's just uh, time consuming. But on the other hand, it's also great and fascinating because you know you have a, a nice reason to to get up because you have the feeling that okay, I have this idea, I I put it on a platform, I made this test on Facebook, it didn't work out, but I have already a new idea of how I can of how I can change that and maybe get a better result from that, and. Uh, and this is really great, and um, and it's also uh, it, it 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 feels so much more real. Like if you work, especially in the mid to long term innovation, right? You you always have these ideas of I need to become quicker, but you're not you're not feeling the pressure, right? Like no one really picks you on your arm, and you feel like the pain. <laughs> now every day I feel it, and it, it feels so real, and it feels so good also. So that's um, I think. Uh, it's definitely time-consuming, but as I said, right, it's great that Evonik allowed me to to go uh, this way, <clears throat> and I love it so much uh, to do it because it really this is my purpose, my wish, and uh, and uh, and I like it that I can. Yeah, do that's it. that's a nice answer to summarize it. Work-life balance means to follow your passion, follow your purpose, and then there's no balance. <laughs> it's just having. <laughs> Fun and enjoying the process of uh, reaching your goal of fulfilling your dream. Cool. So my second last question is: um, What are your favorite books? So uh, I was I was thinking a little bit now in the terms of, of innovation. Um, so I my best innovation books uh, that I have read was um, a book called Innovators Dilemma from a guy called Christensen. I think it's I think it's around 20 years old or something, but he's just, I mean, the book is so nicely written about why some companies simply, simply fail to adapt to a new situation. And, uh, and, and they don't like, they try to adapt, but it doesn't work out. And he explains very nicely the reasons. So he focuses a lot about the, um, the hard disk industry uh, and uh, because in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, there was so much change happening. Um, and he looks into that. And the second point, uh, the second book um, is uh, the book called Tipping Point from a guy called uh, Gladwell, Malcolm Gladwell. And uh, it's also, I think, a very common book. Most people know it. But uh, what I love about it is that um, 
tipping point means that uh, when something basically accelerates, right? Very often you have a great idea, you work on it, and you just don't get the feedback. And then at some point, at least as described in the book, things like just uh, run off. And this is nicely described of how this works and that this um, is true for epidemics, yeah. it's true for marketing. And so I, I really liked it. And uh, he's also a great writer. So he has a very nice way of, of telling stories. So, um, yeah, these are the two nice. innovations. And by the way, the question is not related to innovation. So you can also add a book you just like. It doesn't need to be a, a book specific about innovation. <laughs> uh, I think it was the book. Um, the, in German, it's called uh, Der Medicus. I think in English, it's The Physician um gordon gordon something i think is the is the author of it i will and, check it and uh, put it in the post so don't worry guys thanks. Uh, check the thanks. post you'll find it there what is it about it's about uh middle ages a guy who's uh, i think born in england but then uh somehow ends up in persia and um like gets trained as a physician there and then comes back to england um it's such a nice story <laughs> cool yeah yeah interesting and uh, my last question is uh what if you could go back in time what kind of advice would you give your 18 year old self so i'm sure that i would tell myself that i should drink less <laughs> <laughs> um uh i i I think it's a difficult question because uh, I um, I met once a person and she told me that if I could go back in time, then I would try to only get the best grades in school, just have the best grades in university and then have a fulfilling life or whatever. And I felt that like this feels stupid, right? Because uh, we always do what we like to do. And, and so uh, if we like to do something when we were 18, then probably it was what we would always do, right? Um, so, I mean, um, I, uh, I would have been happy if uh, my father would have involved me a little bit more in his, in, his, in his business or if I would have shown more interest, probably that's the better way to put it, um, uh, in, his, in his business because uh, I'm, I feel that I have missed out on a lot about fascinating uh, topics at that time that could have helped me much quicker to make decisions on, on, on what to do in my life. Yeah, you said it really well. So it's not about that, like, you go back in time and tell yourself, hey, by the way, be good in school, just have only one marks, you will be really happy. It's not, not how we work. It's like, and even <laughs> if you would force yourself to, to learn 24 hours, you would be super miserable, because it's not the thing you love. So uh, how is it? It's like a really good point and but advice is also really good like if you could probably go back in time and tell yourself hey by the way me myself from the future talking to you from the past i would advise you to to ask your dad some or like to 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 be more interested in what your dad does even if you think it's boring right now just mm -hmm. have a look in it that's uh definitely also a good point which could be work and it could maybe work for the younger audience uh, on our podcast and the last question i would also like to, uh, to ask is um you could go back time and, uh, and uh, give advice to your 30 year old self uh <laughs> be then which would be that i think i would just self. tell myself um like i was in the beginning of my 30s i was finishing my phd And um, I was having these ideas and startups and, and we were starting these two ideas. And I think I would tell myself, like, just do it. Like, I knew it was right then. Um, I know it's right now. And so now I'm just a couple of years older and I try to do it again. And yes, I have learned a lot at Evonik. And, uh, and it's, 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 it's very, like, it's a nice experience, but it doesn't change um, of, of, of where, like, I think my uh, what is it like 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 optimized uh, area of work is and 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 so I would advise myself like just do it. I mean, I, these are the things that you always hear um, and probably you just need to learn a few times. But um, there are so many examples of people who lost all of their money and then they started something that was successful. <laughs> That's very often the case, and uh, apparently it's not. It's not the thing that, for example, when you are not successful, for example, now I, I got a loan 
And if I'm not successful in two years, then the loan will be gone. I have quite a lot of debt. And what will I tell my future employer, right? If I'm, if I'm not starting again a company, right? Like, oh, I took a loan, I lost all the money. So would you please take me as a, as an, let's say, entrepreneur or as an innovation guy again, right? Um, and I think this question should never be uh, the one worrying you because um, if you don't try, you will for sure not know. And secondly, you don't know what's afterwards, right? You don't know whom you're going to meet. You don't know um, what experience you will have made. Yeah, definitely. And also, what I really like about your example is a typical example of it's never too late. You know, you, you made a doctor, yeah. you work in a big company, and even then, you still had the courage to start something because you like to work on it and try it out. Yeah. And also, guys, experiences are super valuable so um, even if it goes wrong you normally learn a lot if you think about it and you are reflective and this learnings always will help you not only in the work time work field also in all other fields so never be never be scared to follow your dreams and always have to trust that uh, at least even if the, the, if it didn't work out if it doesn't work out you learned something which is super valuable sometimes even more than the money if it works out cool nice Tim, it was a pleasure thank you very much for for joining the podcast thank you so much thank you so much for having me um yeah it's it's great uh, to get to know you it's great um to have you working in your free time on these uh, on these topics and uh, i wish you <laughs> so much success with uh, with the podcast and that the innovation community in germany develops its own way of um, and maybe a different way than the Americans or the Chinese yeah. uh, that makes us uh, special. And I think that you at least uh, have a platform <laughs> <laughs> for making this possible. So I like it a lot. Thank you very much, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.